If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live, as always, in downtown Las Vegas. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Busy three-hour program lined up today. Uh, Good guests on the show. We'll get into uh, the point spreads and the totals for the divisional round coming up in about 15 minutes. Also, we'll... uh, It's it's a really good college basketball card. Small NBA, but good good games on that card tonight as well. We'll talk about all of it coming up here on Follow the Money, Paulie. I'm sure at some point, maybe later on today, this week, throughout the offseason, we are going to hear plenty about the collapse of the runners-up from last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, who fell on their faces down the stretch. It was not pretty. It got worse all the time. I can't remember the last time they covered a game. Was it back in November against the Chiefs? And uh, it was ugly and vile, and that would have been rock bottom going out like that last night. I mean, they were defensively, when you were watching that unfold last night, some of the players in the secondary, like you're, you're dropped to the second string in, in college. You're cut from high school for whiffing, for the miscommunication, well, for the mistackling. I mean, it was that bad. And they go out 32-9, to nine, and that was pure domination last night by Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In fact, this is how bad it was. Lane Johnson, their stud offensive lineman, told Howard Eskin from WIP in Philadelphia after the game, quote, it was very embarrassing. I'm just sitting here and watching. I really don't ha- um, know what's going going to happen. He's expecting changes. Uh, it's frustrating. Nobody's safe. We'll see what happens. End of quote. Lane Johnson from the Eagles after the game last night. Mm-hmm. I think if you talk to an objective Eagles fan, they thought there was no way they were winning the game. I think it was just how bad it was, and you mentioned the 0-7 ATS run to finish the season. That is all-time bad from a tackling standpoint. I mean, that is just, it's it's embarrassing what happened. It's like you never played football before. Not only can you not tackle in the yak, how about the angles you're taking in trying to make some of the tackles and what happened with the big plays? So now, and how you go out, 
Not to mention, we get off the air yesterday, you go home, and there's a hit piece on the front page of ESPN.com about someone leaked that, about how bad it's been, losing the locker room, what's gone wrong, how do you go from a 10-1 and start to you blow the division and now you can't even win a playoff game. It's yeah. unthinkable. Yeah. And now it's to your point about what Lane Johnson said. Could we go from Sirianni with a 10-point lead in the third quarter in the Super Bowl to out of a job? Now, that would be something if they fire him, which I think you have to make it the favorite now. And he clearly misses Gannon and Steichen, his coordinators. Patricia coming in actually got worse. I mean, you have to say they have the worst. Can you believe that? Worst defense in the league since Desai was demoted. And and to go, they make one play offensively. They hit the long pass to Smith. Other than that, they do nothing. And it's just, they were so embarrassed. X's and O's in the tackling. Hey, I mean, Peyton Manning was furious. It's like, you're going to go empty? You're just inviting the, the blitz every oh, yeah. time. I mean, it, it was, and they're just going to dial up pressure, and Hurts is running for his life. It was the ultimate dream scenario for a guy like Todd Bowles. Yes. Who they blitz at the third highest rate in the entire NFL. Uh, this is his MO, what he's done as a defensive coach his entire career. He loves to bring pressure. And for, I don't know, pretty much it felt like the entire game until it was out of control. They just kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. Manning called it stubborn on their side. Yes. They wouldn't change. They had no answer for it. Hurts, how does he take that safety? Oh, God. Throw the ball, please. Which led to a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. That's just like, man, you were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh You cannot allow that to happen. But the body language, every time that they walked off the field, the look on Hurts' face, and then... Good observation. Aikman pointed that out. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard was getting into it with Jalen Hurts. If that dude, that tight end's going to get into it and not be happy, you know that there's massive friction. And I'm a pansy. I hate myself. Um, I only took the Buccaneers for a small bet last night, plus the three. Uh, I know it's could have, would have, should have, looking back on it. Easy to say now. How did I not have, like, alt numbers with the Buccaneers? All week long, we were saying... That was an in-play dream. How were, the, how were the yeah. Eagles favored in the game? How? Yeah. Well, and I was actually hoping that they would have... Uh, be, because the Buccaneers could not put that team away until, you know, later on in the third quarter. I was hoping the Eagles had it in them to pull out one more, like, miraculous win... Because I think they would have gone to Detroit and gotten buried. I think Detroit would have put up 40 on them. Okay. This defense was not going to well, – but, but maybe the well, – anyway, that doesn't matter because that game's not going to happen anymore. But that's just – the NFC East, last year three teams made the divisional round. Three teams. This year, huh. one of the most embarrassing and pathetic showings you're ever going to get from a division. Uh-huh. I, we, we ripped them yesterday. We have to give them credit today. Everyone on the pregame picked Tampa Bay. They got there. So good job by there. You see the picks there. Uh, with everyone on the broadcast to start with the pregame. The other thing that's not going to help him, I don't have a problem with it, but not once but twice, Sirianni took points off the board. I mean, it, it, I don't have people ripping him for going for two. Well, it, to them, to them, it's a free point. Right. Because it, oh, the tush-push always works. I guess no one's going to point out it was a blatant face mask. That wasn't oh, they missed called. that. I don't know. It was I right saw in front it immediately. Of I, I yes, tweeted out as soon as the play happened. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And then you also had uh, – I'm not going to – I thought it was the right move. It's fourth and five. You're down 16 to take the points off the board. You're going to make a two-score game a two-score game. You're down 13 with 10 minutes. What does that do? Mm-hmm. And then fourth and five, they couldn't convert. So it, it, it's – I don't know if he survives this. And this would be what a fall from grace. This could be and a collapse by Philadelphia. But again, as we've talked about and Lombardi has said many times, you have Vrabel, Belichick, Harbaugh out there. Who knows? Maybe Tomlin leaves. That could be another one. I, I don't know what Tomlin's going to do. But this is – 
to, to go from the – do you think you're going to win the Super Bowl to maybe out of a job and getting exposed and then the hit piece on ESPN.com and the bad body language and the A.J. Brown stuff. And that, not only that, that should have been – it was a blowout. It should have been a lot worse because of the drops. Evans, wide open, drop city. Kate uh, uh, Yes, drops all over for Tampa. I, I think he would have scored twice last night. Yeah. Um, I had him first touchdown score 23-1 oh, to one, no. right in his hands. And then that other one, that slant later on in the game, that would have been a touchdown too because he was going to run forever in that spot. What do you think the Eagles were when they were 10-1? to Because you can bet stage of elimination. 10-1, and leading that division. Cowboys were 8-3. and What do you think they were to lose and bow out in the wild card round? Um, that had to be a huge number. Had to be a massive number. That's only right? happened three, t- three times in history, I believe, right? You're so, 10-1, and one, then you lose 5-6 or 4-5. Or or yep, and they were running this down in the broadcast last night, and they kept going over to different like linemen on the Eagles, one right after another. And Aikman joked, he goes, I've been in broadcasting for 20 years. I think Brendan Graham was playing when I was still around. And he, <laughs> he's like, not really, but he's been great. But it was just one guy after another, either contract year or they've talked about retirement, like Kelsey, great center. How many guys are going to leave the team? Yep. When Lane Johnson's already talking about how embarrassed it was, how embarrassing it was last night, and they're going to have massive changes. How do you possibly get a read on the Eagles going into next year? Because at 10 and 1, they were Fugazi. They had a bunch of these mm-hmm. one-score games and spots they never should have won. That like that was a fake record. Yes. And then I don't but how they closed the year and the guys that they might lose, the talking, like what a win total next year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Howie Roseman's done a great job, but this is that, that's a fair point about what are you going to do in the big changes. Who's so let's start here? Who's going to be the head coach? That's number one. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they'll fire him, but a lot of people think it's it's going to happen. I can't wait to talk to Sal Pell. But it's just how it just got worse every single week. Your only win was on Christmas. You closed 0-7 ATS and 1-6 straight up. The only win was against Tommy DeVito, who played a half and then on, on Christmas against the Giants. And then Tyrod Taylor comes in and lights you up. Yeah. But how bad the defense played down the stretch. How bad the offense looked. You may have lost the locker room. You, you took points off the board. You got shut out in the second half. Couldn't have gone worse for Sirianni. How badly did they miss uh, A.J. Brown last night? Yeah. I know Devontae Smith was really, really good, but that's pretty much the only guy who was yeah. making plays for the Eagles yeah. on offense. And, and Hurts regressed, and people could people are pointing out, boy, you really miss Steichen, you really miss Gannon. And Eagles fans couldn't wait to get rid of Gannon after the uh, choke job in the Super Bowl. And the defense was a travesty. Train uh-huh. wreck, horror show. Uh-huh. As we said last huh. week, I would, I would put that team at the very bottom of the list right now for all defenses in the NFL. That's how bad they've been. Sorry, it's two months now. And they were favored in the game last night, and they were taking money in that game. People just expected them to flip the switch, I guess. Well, I mean, well, if, I mean, Tampa it, struggled down the stretch, too. And Baker was hurt, but certainly flipped did, fine. Here's the thing. This is yeah. why I was a little skeptical about not betting more on Tampa Bay. We heard maybe 60%. He, uh-huh. lo- he looked like it was 100% healthy last night. Yep. So... Injury reports in the NFL are tricky. That one's, I'm just watching the game like, this guy's hurt? How? Didn't look hurt whatsoever. Two weeks ago, they couldn't get a first down at home against the Saints and then beat Carolina 9 nothing with the division on the line. So um, Both it, defenses it, uh, are better than that one last night? Yeah, yeah. What, what a story. 225-1 to one here at Circa in August to win the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. Two wins win away total from total six and a half. That's right. Yep, what a job by Todd Bowles. And, ba- and you got to feel good for Baker Mayfield. A no man, a vagabond, yeah. lost his confidence, jumping around, Rams, Carolina, Browns couldn't wait to get rid of him. Here he is playing great football, 300 yards, plenty of touchdowns. The year Evans had, oh, 
It's a funny game. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of great stories with the remaining teams that are still uh, trying to make the Super Bowl. It depends on how you grade the Bills game because the Eagles were three and a half early in the week when they played back in November. It did get bought down. I think some spots went off two and a half and they won the game yeah. in overtime. But I know like in a contest out here, they were three and a half because I had the Bills in that game. So that was one of my winners that week. If you include that one as a loss, they have not covered since the Chiefs game, which was November 20th. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm watching the Giants game last week, final week of the regular season, and that team was getting murdered when the Cowboys were still in a dogfight against the Commanders with their starters in. Right. That team was favored against the Buccaneers last night? Yep. Okay. And in the other one, we'll get to uh, a little bit more coming up here. That, uh, boy, that game I wish was played on Sunday now. Just because of bets that were not voided. That would have been, and now because of the win, look at this game that we get on Sunday. Bills are at home against the Chiefs. Finally. Yeah. Finally. The last five meetings have been in Kansas City. Bills finally get them at home. They've done well against them. That number coming up next, all the numbers for the divisional round, in fact, are. And do you really want to lay this number after watching the last six quarters coming up here on VEASAN? Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. For more VEASAN Pro picks, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Use promo code FTM and follow the money. We'll give you 10% off an annual subscription. Use promo code FTM. I will point out that the last week in college basketball has been bedlam. All of these ranked teams going down to unranked teams. I will say that just because it happened over the last like 7 to 10 days, we have a lot of examples tonight of that. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I will point out some of those games that we have on the board. We talked about this briefly with Matt Humans earlier in the show. Purdue is laying 9.5 or 10 against Indiana on the road. Purdue has a top five offense, Paulie. They're right around top 20 on defense. They would qualify based on Ken Palm ratings over the years as a true national title contender. Now, they were 7.5 at Nebraska last week, and they lost. They were minus five at Northwestern December 1st. They lost that game. They're only two and four ATS in the Big Ten. Hoosiers are four and two in conference play ATS. Mike Woodson is the only coach since 2012 to have three wins against Purdue. And if he wins tonight outright, he would be four and one in that time. He's talked about the difference with this Purdue team, though, compared to previous years. Is there a three-point shooting? And he's spot on. They're shooting almost 40% as a team from three, which is great. And in previous years, it's been very low 30s. And they have multiple guys that can kill you from three. And this team offensively has been awesome all year long. Well, I've been saying this for 15 years, and it's true again this year. You cover up the name on the jersey, and you can't tell you know, who the two seed is and who the 15 seed is. Yeah, for the most part. And we saw the madness again. Uh, this past year with what happened with Florida Atlantic and San Diego State getting to the title game. This thing's wide open. And again, uh, you know, I'll raise my hand, salivating to bet against Purdue and Tennessee once we get to the tournament. Yeah, so, at some point in the tournament, right. Yeah, but you just saw all the upsets and who's good and who's who, who can make a deep run in March and who can put together. A, how many teams are capable of bringing an A or B B-plus game five games in a row, four games in a row? That's, right. Let's start there. But uh, I'm with you and Matt with the points in this one and uh, can't get there with Purdue. And there's so many examples tonight where you just, you look at like the New Mexico game, you look at Kansas state where you either have a a ranked team laying a short number or the ranked opponent is playing an unranked team and the unranked team is favored. Yeah. Baylor opened up two against Kansas state. Bart Torvik has this a one point game in in terms of uh, Baylor winning the game. They're down to either a pick them or a one point favorite. Now, they're top five or six on offense on the year. They shoot the ball from downtown extremely well, but they're outside of the top 50 on defense. K-State is top 30 on defense, but outside the top 100 on offense. Recent Baylor games. They were lane four at Oklahoma State. Had to survive. They won and covered in overtime. They were four and a half at home to BYU. They won and covered. They were six and a half at home to Cincinnati. They won, did not cover. K-State is 3-0 and ATS in Big 12 play. Baylor is 3-0 and under in league play, and uh, I agree with the move. I like K-State on the opening line last night, catching two, and again, down to either yep. one here or a pick them in this spot. Joel Lenardi has Baylor a four seed in the latest bracketology. Two teams that I have a strongest position on to win the whole thing on futures tickets. Baylor, before the season started, uh-huh. and I am... Number? 50-1. Uh, to one. All right. And I am super high on Kentucky at... Uh, 
numbers ranging between 16 and 27 to 1. I like Texas A&M on Saturday in that game against Kentucky. They won in overtime. They covered the game. They were bet from a pick them to three. My problem with Kentucky at this point is it happens every single game. They are not going to have the defensive numbers come tournament time to be you know thought of. If you go based on the last 20 years plus with Ken Palm numbers, their defensive metrics are just going to be too lousy. So I'm starting. I don't think they can turn it around. I don't think they have unless they completely flip the script here and go back to who they've been under Calipari throughout the years. And this team is not does not have that makeup because he's embraced the analytics and the three point shooting. Um, I don't think they're going to get there defensively. So they can outscore almost yep. anybody, but defensively they can't get. And teams shoot like over to the moon against this team somehow every time they play yep. them. Dayton's laying a big number against St. Louis. Joel already has them a six seed. He's got Tennessee a two seed. Oklahoma's yeah. in action tonight. Uh, they're a five seed. And uh, Iowa State, BYU, good one. Iowa State's a seven seed. He's got BYU a five seed. BYU after the hot start, a couple losses here. And I was talking to our guy Joe Mizell uh, Saturday. You ever? Th- I mean, it's just weird to just look and see BYU Central Florida is a Big Twelve conference. Oh, game. it's so strange. I mean, just you get lost in some of this stuff with the realignment. But that's yeah. uh, that's another one tonight. Yeah, um, now Kansas, they were yeah. just laying seven at Central Florida. Yeah, they lost the game outright. This game opened up seven against Oklahoma State, bet down to six and a half. I will say that per some of the metrics, U- UCF is about a thirty. They have their rank, their power rating is about thirty spots higher than Oklahoma State. And I forgot the BYU's lane four and a half, by the way, as well. So yeah. he, so Matt likes New Mexico. I like New Mexico. And this is, a, uh, I think, where the sports books and the line is telling you something. Again, Utah State is ranked 16th. They only have one loss. Yeah. And I know it's been an easy schedule. Joel already has them in bracketology a seven seed. Matt referenced, was it on air or off air? He referenced the UNLV game. Did you see what happened in that game? They were down five, I think, with ten he, seconds. Yeah, he brought that up on the air. He did that. Okay. Yeah. They, hit, they hit a three. There was a foul away yeah. from the ball. It was it was nuts. Oh, they were totally dead. Oh yeah, like they were, they got a five point play to win the game. I've never seen that before. So that and now it's New Mexico. Matt n- nailed it beautifully. Completely different team at home, and it's always been a tough place to play with the pit. And I loved his example with New Mexico, New Mexico State, but they haven't lost at home. They only have three losses. They're the good teams, but they're all. Uh, on the road, and here you see the line five and a half, six. It just tells you unranked against ranked, but unranked is laying this. This is really nuts, though, to see a spread this high. Oh yeah, when yeah. it's on against a top fifteen team, mind you. Sure, top twenty team. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great schedule tonight. It really is. I'll give you uh, another example here. The well, actually, before I get to the Wisconsin game, can you guys throw that tweet back up about the Big Twelve? Now, the Big 12 has been the best oh, conference so college good. basketball for oh, quite a while. Oh, it's ridiculous. Fran Frischella had this. Think about this for a second. According to their CPI, all 14 Big 12 teams are among the top 16 remaining SOS left. Every night in the, is a tournament game is what he talked about. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of the top 16 <laughs> remaining yeah. strength of schedules, 14 are in the Big 12. No. Yeah. What? This, yeah, it doesn't get enough attention because everyone's focused on football. With conference realignment, yeah, yeah. But then you think, hey guys, Houston—it's <laughs> been a great program. Yeah. Now they come in. How about Arizona next year? Oh God, what is Jed Fish doing? Oh, yeah, but that, yeah, right. But that's actually good point. That is. Oh man, I never <laughs> thought of that. So how many losses are these teams going to have then? But then do you knock them because they're playing a gauntlet every single night? No, you can't. That's where even if you're four games under 500 in conference play, I don't care. 
Oh, and you might you're, have your resume is going to be so strong, and your SOS is going to be through the roof. And you're going to have a six, seven, eight loss team, mm-hmm. maybe in the mix for a one or a two seed overall, yeah. potentially because it's so strong. Now, this is what I cannot believe: the flip and the change that we're seeing with this with this specific Wisconsin team this year, where it's always been, you know, terrible offense, with the exception of the Kaminsky Decker years, and uh, really, really good defense. They are top ten in the country on offense. That I did not see coming. Wow. Big 10 road games for Wisconsin because they're, they open up seven tonight against Penn State. Nittany Lions are taking some money. Wisconsin was plus five at Michigan State. They won outright by 13. They were plus three at Ohio State. They won outright by 11. They are 5-0 and ATS in Big 10 play. Penn State 5-1 and to the over in Big 10 play. Total also down from 147 to 146. And uh, more money, in fact, because Wisconsin's down to five and a half. I can't bet against this team right now. They're in too good a shape. Mm. Even though they're on the road tonight, they could easily lose this one outright. But I can't believe what I'm watching with the turnaround here from Greg Gard. For one individual year anyway, it's been really fun. And uh, they're good. They have multiple guys who can score like maybe 20 points per game. And that's big in college basketball. Well, it's also refreshing. I mean, I, I just, you, you went from Bennett and Bo Ryan. Wisconsin shouldn't have been the slow, plodding, walk it up play in the 50s ever shouldn't have been the case you, know, you get some athletes recruit the Kaminsky thing was great and, and let's play some fun basketball here and not watch paint dry yeah that's how it should be oh it was excruciating for a long long time so I'm like Matt he came on earlier I found the best number I could find on North Carolina they they blew out Syracuse they're playing some good basketball the best number I could find on North Carolina was 24 to 1 I added a little, a little bit of them to win the whole thing so Baylor Kentucky, North Carolina, and I have some of these fringe teams that could get in as like, you know, a 9, 10, or an 11 seed that were super high numbers to begin the year, maybe do some hedging come tournament time. But that's pretty much where I'm sitting at right now. Um, good schedule tonight. Mm-hmm. I, who knows? Maybe tomorrow we're coming in. It happened again. College basketball. We had seven more upsets. All these teams went down. But you're right, Paul. There are so many teams probably like in the top 15 or 20. You can't be surprised on any given night when they lose. So that's what the sport has turned into. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As always, you can get in touch with the show. Uh, we're on X at VSIN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. Email is open. It's FTM at VSIN.com. Matt St. Marie is going to join the show up next. He was the sole winner of the Circa Millions contest here. Wait until you hear his story. It's a doozy coming up next here on VSIN. Get on board. I love Omaha Steaks. Mitch does as well. You'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You'll love every bite. It's their Omaha Steaks guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com slash VEASAN. omahasteaks.com slash VEASAN. You get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breast and four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Get it now. omahasteaks.com. This is a great story. You know, Paulie, we talk about the contests every week out here throughout the football, the regular season anyway, of the NFL year. And picking five games a week in the NFL is not easy. You had a cabana out here at Circa uh, this past weekend. I'm talking to multiple guys out there 
longtime betters. They're like five a week. I might like one NFL game a week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How do I come up with five? Especially with the bye when the bye weeks kick in. No, this yep. guy won the whole thing. He's got an incredible story. His name is Matt St. Marie, and uh, he won circa millions all by himself. Amazing job, Matt, and uh, thanks for coming on today. Congratulations on, on your success. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a crazy 10, 10 or 11 days here, so thanks for having me this morning. Here, here, let's begin here. You went to the same college as Paul Howard? St. <laughs> Cloud State, yes. Yep. Huskies. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, You're a good man. You're a good man. Great taste. <laughs> Were you guys close in years? Uh, I think just a couple. I was uh, 2003. I started there. Yeah, okay. I graduated in 2000. Okay. We have to put this photo up. Yes. This, Paulie is super proud of this photo. He's called. He's referred to himself as the <laughs> hot goalie for many, many years. All area, all conference. Oh, yeah. You yeah. recognize that mugshot? <laughs> that is one fantastic photo. That is like <laughs> 90s goalie Minnesota hockey in its glory right there. Yeah, all your, encompassing. You nailed it, buddy. That's hockey hair. That is Minnesota yep. hockey hair right yeah. there, baby. You got to have a salad. <laughs> That's right. Look at that. Okay, so uh, let's get into uh, the contest that you took down out here, winning a million dollars all on your own. Do you have, like, past success playing in contests, and this year it really took off for you, or what's your background in contests overall? Yeah, so this was first year for me entering the Circa Millions contest. I had done a couple offshore contests the prior wow. years just to kind of test the waters a little bit, you know, at like a lot a lot lower stakes. Um, and I fared okay in those, nothing special or anything like that. But, um, you know, last year around this time, I told my wife I wanted to bet on myself. Um, I wanted to register for Millions. Uh, flew out in July, late July, to enter Millions in Survivor um, and just give it a whirl and, and see how I do. And um, yeah, had a great, phenomenal year. Uh, a lot, lot of lucky bounces along the way. Um, super fun, stressful, anxiety, all of it. But as far as uh, yeah, past track record, I don't have any. <laughs> this was uh, the first time entering and I had a great year. That's, that is, how many entries did you have? I just had one. Solo entry. Um, didn't want to go too big <laughs> too soon uh, in the contest, considering the stakes and at, large, at play here. So uh, just, just one entry. That is unbelievable man good for you were you having like success right out of the gates and you knew like uh this is pretty cool like i might have a chance here to be in the mix at the end uh so i started off four and one week one and then quickly went two and three so i'm like all right that's like about 60 percent um but then i just continued to be consistent like i had a bunch of three and twos and four and ones i think towards uh mid-october i had like a five and oh four and one back to back and then i put myself in the top 10 for the first time, like as early as that. Um, but it was basically pretty consistent all year up until week 17 when I went one and four. And I really lucked out there because I think everybody in the top 10 or top 20 also went one and four, maybe two and three at the best. So I like lost no ground at that week. But it was a really, really consistent year. I, I think I had four or five and O's along the way. So that really bolstered me up. So I could absorb that one and four in week, week 17. Um, but no, I had, you know, I had a really, really fortunate run there uh, with a lot of consistency. What was your strategy in terms of what, what was working for you while you were so hot picking games? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not sure if there's one specific part of my strategy. I, I looked at every matchup holistically um, as much as I could, whether it was power ratings, mm -hmm. weather, injury-related stuff, advanced metrics like DVOA, EPA stuff. Um and then I also just waited as long as I could on Saturday to post it. It was a little difficult because I, I coached my five-year-olds in hockey on Saturday. So I'd be 
hopefully practice was at 8 a.m. so I could get back before like two o'clock deadline for pickums. But um, but no, as far as strategy, I just tried to look at every single matchup. I basically crossed off Thursday games, you know, just because there's so much news that comes out on Friday regarding injuries or market movements and that stuff. Um, and then as far as like closing line value stuff, sometimes I'd take it. Sometimes I'd just want to fade it all together, uh, depending on what the game looked like and how confident I felt in it. Um, so there's a little bit of game theory that went into that, but I didn't really have like a, a tried and true method or strategy when it came down to the, the games I picked. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Matt St. Marie, he was the sole winner of the Circa Millions contest out here where we broadcast from every single day. Took it down. I can't, I mean, it's amazing. First year ever in the contest, and he only had one entry. So, I mean, think about how uh, incredible that is. How many weeks would you have to really like go from eight games to five, and you have to leave like two or three games on the cutting room floor compared to weeks where it's like, oh man, this is pretty. Thin pickings here. I can only I only like three games, but I got to come up with two more. <laughs> uh, I'd say much more of the I like three, and I need to find two more aspect of it. Man, I couldn't tell you. There's there's not many weeks where you find more than five that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say actually week eighteen. I actually had hard, I had a harder time down selecting. I actually liked like eight games in week eighteen. Um, and so <laughs> there's a chance that when I look at my, the short card I had on week 18, I almost could have overlapped identically with, uh, Ryan, except for, uh, uh, him and I were always on opposite sides of Buffalo and Miami. But for the most part, I looked at his selections and I was like, man, I, I could have almost boxed him out from, uh, from contest selection. Um, you know, the, mm. the games I selected that week, Sure. but yeah, much more hard to find the find five. So you brought up closing line value a little earlier and like overall strategy. There's one game that comes to mind. It was late in the season. It was Jacksonville against Carolina. And that number during the week was six and a half. And that was a contest number. Well, come kickoff time. And I think when you had to post for the contest, it was either three and a half or four. What did you do with a game like that? It's funny that week. I I liked it more when, um, who was it? Who started, who ended up starting? Was it, uh, Trevor or Behard that game? I can't remember. Um, But anyway, there was a, that was um, week 17, I want to say. Bethard? Bethard? Yeah, yeah. Bethard, yeah. yeah. Bethard. I actually liked it more when Trevor Lawrence was, like, questionable to play. Um, when I saw uh, Bethard starting, I remember, like, man, I actually don't like this game as much anymore. Um, but, I, like, when it was six and a half, I liked it. When it moved down to three and a half, I was there's closing line value there. It was late in the season, too. So I had, a, I think I had a two-game lead at that point or one and a half. So that, that was almost, like, at that point, like, I, I need to take it as far as, like, boxing out my my competition um and then i, I kind of liked it but then when i heard the the bethard news i, I almost don't I, I i liked it less at that point um but there was like instances where i think closing life value the later it went into the season it became more valuable especially as the leader whereas i think if you're you know down below the um if you're trying to catch up or try to get into the cash you probably want to go contrarian or or, mm-hmm. or look for a different spot it doesn't hurt when you're uh four and or five and oh four different weeks as you said that way you can afford one week to go one and four and still be in the mix to win that thing at the end yeah uh, yeah absolutely i I really got fortunate with those uh that stretch i think between thanksgiving and christmas eve i went 22 and three which was like the hottest streak i had all year so if the quarterly you know lined up differently i kind of probably took one down um but that was probably the hottest streak i had all season and put me in a a great spot to, to win the competition i mean think about that any stretch of 22 and three yeah. is just crazy what good. A story. 
What did you do with the uh, the final game of the regular season, the Bills and Dolphins that Sunday night game? I, I took the Bills with uh, laying the points three. Um, there was too many injuries on Miami side uh, going into that game. Plus, with uh, the last game of the contest, allowed a great hedging opportunity yep. if it allowed itself, and it did. So, uh, you know, I took a little bit of a hedge there um, with Miami, but. Um, overall, I mean, going into it, I, I liked Miami from when I saw the the lines on Monday morning or Tuesday morning that week opener. Like, uh, I, I immediately gravitated towards that with uh, with that spot with the Miami injuries, and then I thought Buffalo was coming in hot. Daquan Jones was back, and they were playing really strong in the secondary too. They were pretty hot on on defense more than offense um, the last half of the season. So I really liked that spot for for yep. Buffalo. I was the weekend after they after you got the money. Did you blow anything? And, and what are you, what are your plans with the money? <laughs> About a minute left here. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so the only thing we have planned right now is we, we want to take a spring break trip with the kids. Um, so we're eyeing up a nice uh, Hawaiian spring break and get out of the Minnesota winter nice. tundra. Yep. Um, other than that, um, we'll take care of the kids' college fund and then uh, invest the rest. Maybe a, a northern Minnesota lakefront property in the, the next uh, few years. Oh, beautiful. Okay, that'd be a good way. In in the final seconds that we have here, do you like anything for the divisional round coming up? Oh, I'll be honest. After the contest, I've not even looked at a line. I don't even know what uh, the Detroit minus six seems a little hot. Um, okay. So you know if that if that um, creeps up anymore, you gotta take Tampa Bay plus the six. Totally fair. I get it. By the way, he's on X. You can follow him at Maddie Saint. Congratulations again, man. That was awesome. Great uh, job today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Yep. Good job. Great there to you meet go. you. Matt St. Marie, he won Circa Millions here all by himself. First time he ever entered the contest. Up next, could Tomlin be gone? That's next here on VEASAN. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share 
other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. All right, now we can recap everything. Highest scoring team of the weekend, Packers 15-1. to Thought it should have been higher than that. Lowest scoring team, Dolphins 8-1. to Most passing yards, Dak plus 450. Most rushing yards, Aaron Jones 7-1. to Most receiving, Puka 12-1. to Home teams went 5-1 straight up. Of course, the only team that loses, Dallas, and they'd won 16 in a row at home. The Steve Mackin numbers, wild card round only. The point spread doesn't matter. It had been 85% going back just in this round. Well, the point spread only mattered in one game. The Lions won but didn't cover. Bills to win between 11 and 15 points, 5-1. to one. The alt over, 45.5, plus 290. Dawson Knox, first touchdown, 25-1. to one. Johnson anytime touchdown plus 425. Calvin Austin anytime touchdown 12 to 1. David Moore first touchdown 48 to 1 here at Circa. Another one again. Feel free to tackle somebody, Philadelphia. Uh, But then your bad beat you had with Otten. Trey Palmer anytime touchdown plus 450. Safety in that game 15 to 1. Mayfield two touchdowns and the Bucks win plus 310. Eagles to score in both halves. No. 12 to 1. Shut out in the second half. Every team scores a touchdown in the round of the wild card round. That cashed plus 150. Subscribe, be part of the team. VSIN.com, our radio and podcast friends. You always want to see these tweets and videos. I guess he found God last year. He tweeted about it on Christmas. How about you get in a car accident? You're in serious trouble, and Hulk Hogan saves your life. There's the picture. He has an NWO shirt on, and he helped out. He had to puncture the airbags to save the gal, and he had a, I think he had a pen. He came across a pen to save the day, and Hulk Hogan got her out of the wreckage. Great job, Hulk. So he's in, like, full costume here? Yeah, how about that? Right. He's got the NWO shirt on and, yes. like, the, the bandana. Was he going to a gig or something, or is he just walk around like that, that? I'm guessing that's who he know. is and what he does I, every like, day of his life. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, what was his real name, Randy Poffo? Or, like, yeah, if Macho, Macho Man? Man Savage, like, walked around like that. <laughs> like he's doing a Slim Jim commercial. Do you think Hogan says brother as often as he does? Like, yes, I do. I, like in real life? Yes, I do. I think he does, too. Hey, brother. Yeah, absolutely. There's the one win some. Uh, plenty of lose some. Eagles end the season 0-7 ATS. Pittsburgh 1-11 straight up without Watt now. And the Bills score it, put up 30 on them. Bulls-Hawks over, excuse me, Bulls-Heat, uh, no, who was it? 
It was Bulls and uh, Cavs. Thank you. Yeah, Bulls, Cavs over, 219 up to 223, no good. Nets, Heat over, 217 up to 221, loser. Minnesota, been the number one team in college basketball, plus one, went off a three-and-a-half-point favorite and lost to Iowa. This could be win some, but I'll put it under lose some. Joel Embiid the other day. Goal is the health, not the MVP. He misses seven more games. He's ineligible anyways. Yeah, that's right. So keep an eye on that. Here's what I talked about earlier. Let's go to the videos. Look at the scene at Buffalo as the fans are trying to get to their seats. And you got to, you know, clear the snow out to get to your seat. little help here, right? It's a billion-dollar industry. We can't hire somebody. The fans have to come in. We got to pay them $20 an hour to clear the – get out of here. I actually read it was open seating. Because of this mess. Yeah, that, that so, would help so out. So fans, whoever that's... showed up, could pick wherever they wanted to sit. My God, we can't cl- – little help here. Can we hire somebody, NFL, to clear the stadium? 508, 509, very that, good. Yep. That stadium does not have any, like, heating below the field or anywhere correct. else. Yes, so, correct. So outdated. So that's what they want in the new right. one. Right. Emmys yesterday, all the chalk got there. But Rob McElhaney, who's an Eagle fan, while he was at the Emmys, was trying to watch the game. Who schedules the Emmys? Who schedules a football game while the Emmys are going on? Uh-huh. Or who schedules a football game? Whatever. And there's the picture there where he's looking. And uh, they won a couple awards yesterday, also from Wrexham, with his buddy uh, Ryan Reynolds. But there's a couple shots where he's trying to get the... Probably by the second quarter, you shut it off and said, I'm sick of this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch anymore. So, what's it called? Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, and this is bad. This really puts it in perspective. Since... Tom Brady won five playoff games just with Tampa Bay. The Cowboys have four since 1997. If that doesn't put it in perspective and how bad this organization has been, that's embarrassing. That is nuts. I'm actually, I heard a lot of Dak's not the guy. They got to move on. Take the salary cap hit. Uh-huh. And I, I agree. Okay. okay. He can't be the guy. Bad for the books. Nick's magic under 227 down to 217. Easy winner. Uh, the gal who plays Shiv from Succession. Best actress, 750 up to 1200 She won, and Succession cleaned up. And one bad beat to the over Mike Evans receiving yards. Oh, the drops. Oh, d- oh you, I'll man. give you another bad beat. Go ahead, yeah. And I'm sorry that it d- didn't get there because I know plenty of people who bet this. The Josh Allen over eight and a half rushing attempts. Yep. That's gonna be that's a rough one to get over. Where are the design runs that should be part of the whole they, game? They were plan? non-existent last I know, night. Ridiculous. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Down the stretch, they, it was happening more and more every single game. They also are horrendous with the tush push. They Terrible. know not what they're doing. They, they don't no clue what they're doing with that. And then I needed to get the ball back one more time to take a kneel down, and Mason Rudolph is running on third and ten oh, God. to end the game like that. Yeah, I took ten in the game. Throw the ball in the end zone. He's scrambling, he's throwing five yard passes. The back door was wide open. Start your morning with a, do- a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN Daily Newsletter. Expert analysis, latest odds, straight to your inbox, absolutely free. VEASAN.com slash newsletter to subscribe. There you have it. Great job, guys. Uh, I also thought the Emmys were fantastic last night. Anthony Ed- Anderson did a great job as host. They paid tribute to all the great shows over the years and honored Sopranos. Even had 10 dancing George Went and Norm, Cliff Clavin, they came out, Nor- uh, Cheers Tribute, Game of Thrones, it was awesome. But the Better Call Saul got shut out again 
Now, I think people that think it's better than Breaking Bad are nuts, but Better Call Saul has set an unfortunate Emmys record for most losses ever. It received 53 Emmy nominations during its run and never won a single one. Oh, That's boy. from Variety today. Like nothing, no direction, Apparently no nothing. storylines, none of the major categories didn't come through. You're telling me that every year, I agree with you, I think Better Call Saul has actually gotten a little overrated over the years. Right. It's not in the same sentence as no. Breaking Bad. No, that's outrageous. So we'll stop it right there. But Odenkirk was still awesome. Very good. And critics love it. Yes. So and you're telling me that following. every single year yeah. somebody was better than him. Okay. Yeah. All chalk last night. All Everything chalk. Everything across the board. Everything chalk. Yep. The gal, the, I, what a surprise. I didn't see the betting odds for the lesser categories. Like um, the gal from Jeffrey Dahmer won on Netflix. Wow. I didn't see that coming. She hardcore. had a, a, an emotional... Uh, a pretty good uh, uh, speech as well when she won. But, that, yeah, it was all succession. It was all the bear. The bear cleaned up. That girl, the young gal on the bear one, she won like three, four awards the last couple of weeks. So, I think she's she's below average. Well, what, what do you think of the guy who won Best Supporting a Actor? Oh, Jeremy Allen White? No, no, the other guy. Cousin, cousin, problem, cousin. Oh, I know. He won Best I Supporting Actor? You. Good call. What? I don't get that either. I don't get that? this. I, 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 I want to fast forward through his spots when he's on the show. I should have stuck with it. Who knows? Maybe I had a career. I took lessons for three weeks. I did was in one movie. I don't get it. I, I can't believe the I can't believe the gal who plays Shiv, the girl on the bear, and, and cousin cousin. They all, all they keep cleaning up at the award ceremonies. Also, um, I don't get it. I saw this because every time I tune in last night, it was a commercial. I'm like, I forget this. I'm done. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to keep going. Cousin. Uh, yes, chef. Yes, yes, yeah, chef. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer Coolidge won. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. I White Lotus. <laughs> yep. She won, too. I don't get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a disaster. Yeah. It's one of the worst shows I've ever watched in my entire life. I that, that is yeah, one White where Lotus. I'm like. I there was one category where like six of the seven nominees were White Lotus. I go, who thinks this I, thing is good? My wife and I watched that show both seasons. I would pause it every episode and look at her, and we'd be shaking our heads like, are you serious with this? Her, Coolidge, and this show is what so people annoying. are talking about? You're so telling annoying. me this is so good? We, like, at the end of every, uh, every episode, we had to ask each other, do you want to watch another one or no? And it was like, not really, but we're this far into it, so I guess we will. What's the commercial she's in? Is she supposed to play that character in the commercial, or is she Jennifer Coolidge? Or is Coolidge? that really her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought oh, that. Geez, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that uh, one. Oh, now, she was great as Stifler's mom, the MILF. Oh, yeah. You know, mom. <laughs> yeah, I well, love that. Continue, Paul. What the mom was. <laughs> I love that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what a time. Yeah, sure. Um, I called my mom once. I, I, met, I met this gal, and she was up there in age. I said, Mom, you won't believe this. Mm. Oh, it was great. Oh, I miss her. B both of them, the MILF and then my mom. That, but that was that was a huge movie. That was uh, enormous, and Coolidge was awesome there. But it's just I don't get I don't get what the hell's going on with some of this stuff. I don't get it. No, I thought I liked Succession. I thought it was over. But but now uh, Culkin, very good. Like that, I can't. I thought Culkin was fantastic okay. in the show. So, but it's we're at this point where it's either the best thing ever or it sucks. Of course, there's nothing in between no. anymore. No. Beeson host Femi Abebefe is going to join the show coming up next. He's big into the Cowboys. If he had a bet on McCarthy coming back, would he bet the yes or the no? DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. Some of the props are already up. 
They'll bring the heat coming up this weekend as well with an eclectic mix. And new customers can bet $5 on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code VEGAS. The crown is yours. All right. More NFL here. Femi Abebefe joins the program. He hosts Lombardi Line Friday and Saturdays right here on VEASAN. Also is the host, along with Michael Lombardi, of uh, GM Shuffle, podcast that comes out every Monday and Thursday. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Femi, how are you today? Doing good, doing good. It was nice to have a, a Monday doubleheader yesterday. It was kind of uh, unique having a playoff game Monday afternoon, but uh, we were able to win in both games, so uh, it was a nice uh, end of the Super Wild Card weekend. Nice. Okay, so then the Bills had some injuries at the tail end of that game yesterday. Well, also like in the second quarter. Bernard got he was carted off the field. He was responsible for 143 tackles this year. Really good player defensively. They had some other stuff too. Is that enough for you to wait to see uh, about the injury report this week for the Bills, or did you want to get involved in that game already? Uh, I wanted to get involved already. I think this is one of those, if not now, then when situations for the Buffalo Bills. And it sounds like they're going to be able to get their cornerback, Rasul Douglas, back. He didn't play in that game Monday. Yep. So at least they should get some corner help. I know Teron Johnson got hurt in the game as well. So the Bills are just absolutely depleted on the back seven of that defense here. But I just think that if you look at any sort of measurement from the 17-game sample size, Buffalo is just a better team than Kansas City. And the only reason why we're sitting here at a two and a half point spread is because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. And mm-hmm. they do deserve that kind of respect because like those guys, their postseason resume is, uh, I mean, it's bar none outside of what New England was able to do over the past couple decades. But I just think when you watch Kansas City Saturday night, and this is a Chiefs team that I bet on, I laid four against Miami. They still have the issues of inability to execute in the red zone. Their pass catchers are shaky. I mean, Travis Kelsey dropped how many passes Saturday night? It's like this this offense just still looks a little bit clunky, and Mahomes is awesome, but the surrounding pieces aren't that great. And the biggest problem that I have with the Chiefs is the offensive line is still shaky. Now, that didn't get exposed Saturday night because the Dolphins were on edge rushers five and six after all the injuries that they suffered throughout the season. Buffalo has a little bit more uh, juice in the pass rush department to get some pressure onto Patrick Mahomes. And then also offensively for the Bills, This is a different Bills team than what we've seen over the last two, three years when they've taken on the Kansas City Chiefs. This team can run the football. James Cook has been terrific this season. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Josh Allen, I mean, we're going to see that uh, replay of the 52-yard run that he had for the touchdown for for years to come. He's obviously done a lot with what he's able to do on the ground game, and they're going to run him more now that we're in the postseason. I think Buffalo can control this game, and I just trust their offense more in the red zone than I do Kansas City. I think that's where this game is going to be decided, and if that's where it is, give me the the Buffalo Bills laying anything under than a field goal. So I think the Buffalo finally gets over the hurdle and gets to the AFC title game, knocking off Kansas City. What if they lose? You've been finally waiting for Mahomes to come to your place, and yep. are they going to knock you out of the – but what, what do you think – the uh, how crazy you want to get Sky is falling if the Bills lose? We haven't heard anything as of late. Mid-season, it sounded like we were hearing stuff when Sean McDermott went ahead and fired Ken Dorsey, but I think they would make a change at head coach. And this is not any sort of inside information that I have or anything. This is just me speculating. But how could you not? I mean, if you keep hitting your head on the Kansas City ceiling and hitting your head on the divisional round, you eventually have to do something different when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. And with all the alternatives that are out there in the head coaching cycle, whether it's Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh, a bunch of different coaches that could come in there and yeah. take advantage of the situation. I think they would kind of consider making a change at head coach because there's no one left to fire. McDermott already let everybody else go, whether it's Leslie Frazier <laughs> or Ken Dorsey. He's the guy that's next here on the list here. And if they don't win this game, I think his job could be in jeopardy. Yeah, and I, w- I would love to have Ben Johnson too uh, if I'm a, a fan of an NFL team. What, what would you do in Philadelphia? 
I mean, it's one thing to end the season 0-7 ATS and to start 10-1. and and what, But it was embarrassing. And how bad the defense was, you get blown out. What do you think happens with the changes there? And would you bring Sirianni back? I would. Now, I, I think they're going to bring Sirianni back. And if I was running things with the Eagles, I would bring Sirianni back just because I wouldn't want to overreact to what was a, a bad end of the season. And it was bad, like with a capital B, with especially on the defensive side. I think you just have to make more coordinator changes, which is unfortunate. You made all the changes after those guys took head coaching jobs a season ago, but it's clearly not working at offensive coordinator with Brian Johnson. It's clearly not working at defensive coordinator, whether it's Sean Desai or Matt Patricia. And you have to get a lot younger, too, because as much as we blame the coaches and all that stuff, the coordinators for the Eagles, especially on defense, they're old. Uh, Darius Slay is older. He got hurt once again last night. James Bradbury, I mean, he's just been absolutely cooked this entire season. Debo Samuel was right when he called him trash all throughout the offseason, and he called him trash in the lead-up to that game against the 49ers because that's what he's been like. I mean, the guy can't tackle for some reason. I guess he didn't know what he was signing up for last <laughs> night against that Bucks team. And also at safety, Kevin Byard, I know they made the midseason trade with that, but he's an older player as well. There's a reason why Tennessee was willing to let him go. They just looked old and slow on the back end, and they've never really invested in linebacker and that kind of caught up to them as well once those DBs got older so I think that was the main crux of why you saw so many issues defensively now they have a solid amount of cap space and they should have enough draft capital to maybe overhaul that back seven but I would bring Sirianni back just because you want to have some sort of continuity and this is a team that a year ago went all the way to the Super Bowl and this year even though they lost so many games down the stretch they still won 11 games I would bring him back and, and unless maybe Bill Belichick said hey I want to come there and texted Howie Roseman then that's when I would entertain that but as of right now I think I try not to overreact and I bring Sirianni back for another year. Yeah, and by the way we found out some breaking news about 90 minutes ago Adam Schefter had this Jason Kelsey six-time Pro Bowl center uh, it appears as if he's going to retire now in the offseason. You are big into the Dallas Cowboys. If I had to make a prop right now, and it was a pick em, and it was, will Mike McCarthy be coaching the Cowboys in week one of the 2024 season? Would you bet the yes or the no? I'd bet the no. I'd bet the no. And I, I think the reason why I'd bet the no is because there's one thing that Jerry Jones despises, and that's apathy among the fan base. And I think if you bring Mike McCarthy back, you'll get that apathy. Like every Cowboy fan that you talk to, whether it's me or your neighbor or whoever, they'll tell you that they cannot trust this team going forward in its current iteration. Now, the quarterback, he has a $59 million salary cap hit. So my guess is that they extend him this offseason to lower that number. So if you're not going to change the quarterback, which I mean, that's a whole other conversation based on how he's played in the postseason. You got to change the head coach and you got to just get new blood in there because the psyche of this team is just completely wrecked when they get to the postseason. You can just feel it when you're watching the game yesterday or sorry, on Sunday afternoon, like like the minute something went bad, it was all right, panic mode. They were stressed out. And it's like, guys, like this is still a lot of football left to be played. They began pressing to Dak start throwing the pick sixes and everything like you just need someone in there that's going to get this team more well prepared because that was the biggest problem. I thought they didn't look like they were prepared for the fight and Green Bay took the ball first and credit to them. They shoved it right down their throats. And ever since then, Cowboys were chasing the game. And I think you just need a wholesale change in terms of your defensive staff. Dan Quinn did a good job as a coordinator. I don't think he's a bad coach, but they just need something else in there from a defensive standpoint. And then from the head guy, McCarthy, 12, 12 wins in a row, three straight years. And he, he had a really good run, but I think it's just, it's time for him to go. They've hit their head on the ceiling with Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones doesn't like apathy. And I think you'd get that if you brought him back. By the way, I brought this up yesterday, Femi. Here's the thing. When a team, this doesn't happen every time, but we saw with Michigan, latest example, right? There are building blocks to an organization yep. or to a program. Like they couldn't get past Ohio State. Then eventually they started mm -hmm. to beat that team. And that led to a playoff spot. And then another one. And then they won. 
it's gotten worse over the years for the Cowboys, not better. So, I mean, I think to your point, something drastic has to happen here. So, they, yeah, they were just destroyed by Green Bay. Now they move on to take on San Francisco on Saturday night, catching a big number, and the total has moved up a little bit here. Do you expect points again in this matchup? I do. Uh, I bet the over. I think these might be the two best offenses in football, at least over the last five, six weeks or so. Jordan Love, he's done a terrific job back there. And the Packers offensive line, they were incredible against Dallas. The Cowboys can get any pass rush. Yep. This is one of the top pass uh, pass block win rate offensive lines in the league. And I just think that this Packers team, their skill guys, they just have so much confidence down the stretch what they've been playing with. And they're healthier as well. Christian Watson, we didn't see a, a bunch of him on Sunday, but I think we'll see more now that he's healed from the hamstring injury. Love, I, there's an argument that could be made, and I don't want to throw disrespect at Brock Purdy. There's an argument that could be made that Love might be the best quarterback in the NFC. Just based on the way he's played this season, he's played at an incredible level. I think we're going to see a lot of points because also on the other side, Kyle Shanahan, I think is going to have his way with Joe Barry. Unlike what the Cowboys were able to do, I think Shanahan is going to have the two weeks to prepare for this game. I think he's going to have a lot in the bag and the weather seems like it'll hold up. I know yesterday it looked like it might rain. It might be a little bit of wind today. I looked and it sounds like there's not going to be any rain and the wind might be low. So obviously monitor that as we progress throughout the week here. But as long as the weather isn't too crazy, I think we see a lot of points Saturday night. You can watch Femi along with uh, Michael Lombardi and the crew on Friday and Saturdays on Lombardi Line right here on Visa. And also, he hosts the GM Shuffle podcast with Mr. Lombardi. It comes out every single Monday and Thursday. Uh, Femi, great stuff today as always, man. Thanks for the time. We appreciate that. Awesome stuff, guys. Good luck with the bets. There Thank you, you go. You, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Femi Abebefe. Can you imagine what – I mean, this – I'm not saying this is all going to happen. Tomlin could, Tomlin could resign. Sirianni could get fired. McCarthy could get fired. McDermott, if the Bills lose, McDermott, if the Bills lose, I don't, I don't think that's outrageous. I mean, it's he's right. Who else you gonna? You can't fire anyone else. You blamed it on the own OC Dorsey the first time we had issues. So he's right. If you can't beat Kansas City, when's it gonna happen? This is the best chance you have to beat them. You can't get. You got the game at home. You're the better yeah, team. You're favored. Win the game. And maybe they want to strike while the iron's hot, and you have so many great that's, candidates that's out the there other too. Thing. Right. This is an abnormal NFL offseason. Right, so how about Ben Johnson in Buffalo? How about, that's gonna be, Where's Vrabel going to land? I don't know. Watch out for Seattle with Vrabel. I like that. That might happen. That's not bad. In-pocket plays are coming up next on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.